0: And welcome to The Bear and the Ball. I'm your host, Nick Webster. Great guest today, Brian Alcantara, sports consultant, tech enthusiast, partner in High Track 160, also a instructor for U.S. soccer. Brian, welcome to The Bear and the Ball.
1: Yeah, Thank you, Nick. I'm really excited to, uh, to speak with you and thanks for having me on. And I can hear
0: you today. This is fantastic. Brian and I had an absolute shocker yesterday trying to connect with each other. I would do the intro, and then all of a sudden, we would just lose each other.
1: Yep, I don't know what happened, and I apologize for that. But I'm glad we
0: can. No problem. So, let's talk about data because obviously this is your speciality. I'm old school. I've been involved in the game of football soccer for longer than I care to remember, and. Us old schoolers, we tend to go, you know what, we can see the game with our eyes. This data, this these numbers, these figures, what does it really mean? If you if you can't tell what's happening with your eyes, you really don't know what's going on. Explain data
1: to me and how it works in the game of soccer. Oh wow, that's such a difficult question to answer. If I could simplify it, I want to use a quote that I got while I was working at Red Bull. Is, uh, uh, if you can't measure something, how do you know if it's improving? Hmm. Um, and I think back to when I was a young coach gaining a reputation, for, unfortunately, for winning. I don't know how I got lucky. I really give all the credit to the players. But I, I remember taking on a team that basically said to me, we're the A team. We want a trainer like you, but just understand that we're the A team. And what I got from that was that they just, they wanted to win. And I needed to find a way that if I couldn't get them to win, that they could understand that I'm still changing behavior in the players that is improving. And I tell people all the time, the highest paid coaches in the world can't guarantee a win. Um, but they can be the better team on the field. And that's one of the most frustrating things about the game is um, you could be the better team, but it doesn't mean you're going to win. So I back then I was measuring very simple things to help quantify and qualify my success as a coach. And I was measuring completed passes, incomplete passes, forward passes, shots on goal, not shots off of goal, one-v-one attempts, uh, successful and unsuccessful. And people started really believing. And the best part of it is the the response from the kids to hear objective information as opposed to my opinion that, Hey, we're not playing good enough. Their eyes would light up. And before the game was over, they would already be asking like, how many passes do we have? How many passes do we have? Do we do it? And I would set like these goals for them. So that was like my first real like bite into data. And man, was it so great to see players respond to it. Right. Uh, and then the parents also to kind of become a little bit silent on the sideline because they were starting to understand the process Um, which is really, really a great response is if you can get the parents to kind of silent up and let the kids do what they need to do, then you've kind of won already. And then fast forward um, my time at Red Bull, uh, a great friend of mine, phenomenal coach, educator, and mentor and leader, his name is Max Dubain. Um, I shared my ideas with him around counting metrics and KPIs. And he took it by the horns, and he completely ran with it. And all 200 plus of our coaches were eventually instructed and taught on how to find measurables inside our KPIs uh, associated with gameplay, associated with age groups, associated with, we called it ages and stages. Um, and now here I am with, with Track 160, where we're using artificial intelligence and optical tracking and machine learning to automate that process. And it's honestly, it's the coolest. Thing ever to be in the game to see evolve from me scratching things on a piece of paper to now a camera that can essentially capture all this data on its own.
0: So this transformation, though, it seems like it's happening really quickly. Um, you know, even, even 10 years ago, uh, funny story for you, probably no eight years ago, uh, Trace, I'm sure you're familiar with them, Trace cameras. Yeah. Um, I actually knew the uh, the inventors, and I was the first guinea pig. Um, wow,
1: David Luxon. Yeah, the, the
0: yeah first, I, don't it, I mean, we, we, we the 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 units we have. Uh, I, obviously, this is an audio podcast, but the the units the players used to wear used to be. I mean, the, the the size of a teacup. I mean, it was it was crazy. <laughs> um, and now, in this in the space of Five six years, it's it's just exploded in terms of the technology, um, the 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 equipment, and I'm 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 just really stunned that we were looking at you know stats for years and years and years and nothing really changed, and now it's changing at such an unbelievable rate of knots. How do you stay? How do you stay current? without feeling like you're a dinosaur with last year's equipment, which was mind-blowing when it came out. Oh, wow.
1: You know, I have hundreds of conversations on a monthly basis with soccer clubs, and I don't want to call anyone a dinosaur. I think it's, they're just not ready yet, right? Um, The other part of it is like, it's always going to evolve. It's always going to get faster. It's always going to get better. And I think that's the beauty of it. It's scary how quickly like artificial intelligence is really taking over, but it's been around for a long time. I remember someone telling me that the first sign of artificial intelligence is on Microsoft Word when you used to get the blue or the red line underneath a word that was either misspelled or grammatically incorrect. I was like, wow, that's artificial intelligence. Like, so it's been around, it's now entering our different worlds, right? So for it to enter the sports world, to me is incredible but I, I, I don't know if I would take David a Trace for example and what I appreciate about people like David and I wish more people had it I wish I had more of it in me is, is taking a huge risk and trying something that no one's ever done before to disrupt something that can be better so he's taking a step forward to make things easier more accessible and that's ultimately what technology is right is how do I make things easier and more convenient for people and yeah I, I think the way that technology is growing right now, we're scraping the surface. Um, In a way, I'm a little bit scared of what it's going to look like when my kids are older, but it's phenomenal. And by the way, I also look at how much more visible soccer, the game at the professional level is for kids nowadays, with the amount of different channels and apps that you can go and watch a game. This is the best time ever to be involved in the game where Back in the day, I used to maybe see one or two jerseys on a kid, an actual soccer jersey. Most kids were showing up with lacrosse shorts and a basketball jersey, right? Now everyone has an Mbappe jersey. Everyone's got the new pink jersey from from Messi, even from Messi, even though they've been sold out for for I don't know how long. But it's such a cool time to watch, and maybe that's I'm showing my age, but from a time where kids used to show up with like a Knicks jersey to now they're showing up with PSG jerseys that no one ever heard of PSG prior to this age group that I'm watching grow through the game, it's like, wow, this is a really special time. So the introduction of technology like this is eventually gonna become the norm, right? It's gonna be the standard. And I remember there was maybe one or two trace cameras out there. Now I go out and my daughter is now involved in, in the game and I'm watching you nine teams with a trace camera on the sideline. And on the opposite sideline, there's a veil camera.
0: Okay, so let me stop you there <laughs> then. So you, you bring up a great point of utilizing technology. However, I've seen it as well, U9, U8. Is, this, is, is it too much? Because ultimately, when I look at football in this country, the, the, the 1% that is going to go on to a collegiate level, a professional level, fantastic. And I see them utilizing the technology to help them get better right the 99 percent, which let's be honest are playing this game for fun is the fun gonna get taken away when you are examining the game in that kind of detail for these young kids
1: you know to each their own right? Everyone is going to have their own reason for why they want this. And the conversations I have with clubs specifically to the platform that I work with, we're not for everybody. The amount of data that we're able to collect without any kind of wearable technology is a lot to consume if you don't know how to consume it. And I think it could overwhelm an analyst. It could overwhelm a coach It could overwhelm a director of coaching, for parents, if you asked me this six years ago before I was a dad, I would have told you, no, this is insane. Why, why in the world do you need that? But as a parent now, the emotional strings are there isn't a moment that my daughter's on the field that I don't want to relive. Whether she tripped on her own shoelaces, whether she completely whiffed on the ball and fell over, like a silly, goofy moment. And when I had a conversation with David Loktion a Trace, that's what he was basically trying to create is an opportunity where every moment that I want to relive for my kid. And I was like, Oh my God, as a dad that resonates so well, but that's me as a dad, me as a coach, I'll tell you that I do believe video is such an effective feedback tool. If you go and watch yourself, it's almost like when you have to hear yourself like talking, Oh, some of us cringe, right? Like, Oh, that's my voice. But if you have the right person supporting the player through the video process and understanding what we, I call them glows and grows, there's such a great learning tool there. And again, relationship-wise, cuz kids don't care how much you know until you know how much they know how much you care. I think the fact that I'm using objective information as opposed to my opinion and I'm helping them form their own opinion around their play is such a powerful tool. I just don't know if all coaches are armed to do that. I, yeah, great point about being a parent.
0: Uh, I've got a sixteen-year-old young boy who is got the potential to be quite a player. Um, All right, yeah. and there are so many moments that we haven't captured that uh, you know they're locked. They're locked away in here, um, and I'm pointing at my head right now. But unfortunately, they're also fading
1: away from here. Um,
0: and so I think, yeah, I, I, twenty
1: I, more minutes. <laughs> I have no memory left on my phone, and I have to always upgrade my phone or back it up because I have a million pictures. And yeah, I feel you. Yeah. So go so, ahead. Tell me more about your son.
0: So, so no, I, I agree with you. Uh, and I think, you know, you're you're making me think about something different here because I as a as a coach and, and an administrator, um, we get sucked into the technology thinking that it is only for data and only for improvement. And for 99% of us, it's for entertainment. And so I'm just thinking of things right here as we're talking, and, and I'm not going to tell you how to do your job and market your <laughs> product, but maybe there's, there's a different way to market it where you are explaining the data component, but it's also maybe that's secondary, and entertainment is, is the first thing that you use as a hook to grab people.
1: Yeah. You know, it's uh we we are targeting specific clubs that we think are at that level of thinking. And even in some of those clubs, to be honest with you, they're not there yet. But our first conversation where I try to present data as a a phenomenal coach accountability tool, player accountability tool, they kind of say, you know what? We have access to data right now and we're just not using it right. And we're paying all these wonderful fees for all these services that we don't have the time to actually go and use it because or even give the players a feedback because we're stretched thin you know the life of a coach you know the life of a director they're probably working another job as well and the reality becomes that well then this is why our platform ultimately i think is a premium product because you don't have to spend any time clipping video collecting the data it's all served up on a platter for you and you pick and choose the data that's most important to you so yeah from a marketing of our of our platform right now we're just on word of mouth and I'm trying to find the more forward-thinking clubs that have probably a full-time director of coaching or a technical director or even maybe an analyst and every conversation I have those same titles don't have the same responsibilities and uh it's it's fun i get to talk soccer all day which is amazing it's obviously a biggest part it's it's been the biggest part of my life besides my wife um and uh honestly it's it's my favorite thing to do but uh, look no club operates the same so we're not we're not for everybody um but yeah 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 this is uh this is these are good points by the way so glad you're yeah
0: so on, on your on your bio um Coach educator for the federation, yeah. And obviously, you're a really smart man to create this, uh, this tech and this data. Is is there is there a is there a favorite? You know, are are you drawn more to being on the field and working with with kids or, or, or players? Or do you know you you mentioned you know you get to talk soccer every day within the the business
1: realm. Which which one really grabs you? Wow, great question. I will I will uh correct one thing though. I didn't create track one sixty. I wish I did. I think it was a brainchild of mine for sure that someone basically stole my ideas and <laughs> yeah. but, no the guys that uh created are much smarter than me and then we had design partners in hoffenheim and the bundesliga as well so some of the most intelligent minds in the game for sure some of the most technologically advanced uh clubs and 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 leagues as well uh but in terms of um yeah my resume is, is is interesting right i've been in so many different facets i think what i learned in my time Uh, being involved in this was my passion for delivering quality experiences on the field drove me to influence the decisions that were being made at the top where those experiences were created and made possible so at a very young age i was 24 years old and i became a director of coaching to my hometown of hicksville um which is where I basically created the entity New Soccer. And yes, it's based off of uh, Camp Nou because I'm a big Barcelona fan, not because of the trophies they've won, but because of what they've done to develop talent. And I remember them being the first club that I knew of that had a starting 11 in a competitive match with all homegrown players from the goalkeeper all the way up to the top with Lionel Messi. And uh, that was what was so impressive to me, this church of soccer that La Masia was known to be and, I got very, very entrenched in that uh, research uh, probably around like 2008, 2009 era. And um, I think where I feel most effective now is kind of more on the business side of things where I can have like a multiplier effect or if I can guide others to think a certain way and put the needs of kids first, I have a much bigger impact on the end product, which is the kids. So at Red Bull... When I stepped in, I helped oversee education with a group of uh, two or three other people. We had the responsibility of educating coaches to follow a methodology and a philosophy that we felt was an ideal one for a grassroots environment. There was over 200 coaches impacting about 60,000 plus kids a year. So that's where I kind of felt the biggest level of responsibility of like, wow, if I mess this up, I have the potential of messing up 60,000 kids love for the game but also their opportunity to get better at it and excel. And who knows, maybe they're going to be your 16-year-old son one day where they could be somebody, right? And especially in a world where we're signing professional teams are signing 16 and 17-year-old kids. It's not for everybody, but the number one thing that always guided us was getting the love for the game, the student of the game, the fan of the game, the one that's on YouTube watching extra clips. So right now I feel at my age with the experiences that I've had, it's more important to me to impact others to do what I was doing on the field by myself because now I can hopefully influence at the tiniest grain other people to think about the needs of kids first. So I think the business side has been really, really, really fun for me.
0: I'm going to go back to the, the coaching and on the field kind of things. Cause you, you, you said something once again, and I'm, I'm kind of like a mad scientist on these podcasts and <laughs> I hear things and I'm like, wow, this is something I've never thought of before. Yeah. Um, so, you mentioned, you know, oh 9 09, we're talking Barcelona and their incredible academy. Yep. They then move forward to uh, working with the Red Bulls. Very different style of soccer. Yeah. And now we are the era we're, we're in now. I, I kind of feel like it's the, the Man City era. And we're seeing the games... Still the same, but it's played differently.
1: Mm. Where are we going next? I, I, on the grassroots level, at the like academy level, at the pro level, what, what level? Because they, they're all following different paths.
0: Well, I would say because it's you know we we do talk about it being a pyramid. So it it begins everything begins at the grassroots and then right. moves up the pyramid. So where, where do you think the game is going next? How are we going to be coaching the game, teaching the game, yeah. imparting our philosophies?
1: You know, it's a great question, by the way. What I hope, I'll tell you what I hope for, and I think it's starting to show some trends in that direction. But I think we're starting to get more tactical with younger ages. We're giving them more slices of the game than we used to. And it's because of guys like Todd Bean, uh, guys like Marcus DiBernardo that have become very, very vocal out there about stop teaching them the the technical dribbling at cones stuff and give them the whole game. And I say that from a, I guess it's, it's wishful thinking, right? I'm going through a process right now as a volunteer coach with my daughter's U7 and U5 teams. And I don't want them doing toe taps and foundations. I want them understanding I need to get to that goal and I'm gonna go through them or around them. And I can only do that in three different ways. I can pass, I can shoot, and I can dribble. And I think that's a game understanding that most young kids who can do 100 toe taps and scissors and whatnot still don't know how to do. It's just which way do you need to go, through them or around them? And do you wanna do that on a pass or a dribble or with a shot? And what I think that does for kids is it keeps an element of the game present that's enjoyable which is why every single kid in the first five minutes of a terrible practice says what? What is it that they, they always say at the first five minutes of a practice? Let's play, coach. <laughs> Are we going to scrimmage? Yeah. Today? That's because that's what they want to do. They just want to play. But here I am watching my U-7 team play 6v6 on a field that's probably 50 yards by 40 yards, and they're lost out there. They have no idea what's going on. Whether they know how to do a toe tap or not, they have no idea where to go. So I often use the analogy, and this is why I hope that the Man City style of play, even the high pressing of a Liverpool, that I think that's starting to influence the game so significantly. But I hope coaches become aware that tactical is better than stylish. And I can't tell you the amount of times that because coach yells pass, 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 pass on the sideline, that I've seen a kid with 10 yards of space in front of him passed the ball backwards to the goalie. The parents respond like, ooh, he played it to the goalie, and wow, they must be really well trained. And it's like, no, the kid had 10 yards of space in front of him. He could have probably dribbled five of those yards and taken a shot and scored, but instead we're starting over from the back from the goalie because the coach on the sideline says, play it back to the goalie so we look good. It's like, that's not a player making decisions for himself. So I think... The tactical side of the game and I don't mean like they need to have a specific formation in each half of the field in each phase of play and a game model but just an understanding of where do I need to go and what are the ways I can get there and can I make that decision on my own with the help of my teammates not the help of my coach who's joysticking me from the sideline so I
0: don't want you to talk yourself out of a job right now so be very <laughs> careful on this next question okay I' and, and and you've been you've been saying it without saying it for the last two, three minutes. Yeah, The game is always the best teacher. Mm. So as a coach and as an entrepreneur who's involved in the data collection of the game, do you find that you maybe have to be careful about where you're going with the data when you know that the game is the best teacher?
1: Well, yeah. In essence, the game's data is also the best teacher, right? So let's walk through my daughter's U17. There's only so many times that my daughter is going to run into a conglomerate of five other players before she realizes this isn't getting me anywhere. I'm going to go around them, right? And then what we do at Track 160 is collect data on things like, well, how how effective was my pass? How many players did I remove from the defensive equation? by making a forward pass. So if, I, if I'm a center back and I play a ball into my nine and I've eliminated their forwards in their midfield, I've just eliminated potentially seven, maybe six players. That's significant for me to understand that why did all my other passes go backwards when I could have taken you know seven players out of the game and gotten us that much closer to goal? So I think with the right scaffolding, the right support of a good coach and educator... I can help a kid understand with that objective information the story that it really tells. Just like with my daughter's U17, I ask them every time they get the ball, what do you see? I don't tell them what to look for. I just, what is it that you see? And it's my favorite thing to just see their head go up and their eyes go left and right and their heads swivel. Scanning is happening. Not because I told them to scan. I just asked them a question. And maybe it's a trick question, right? What do you see? I'm really telling her, well, look up, look up. But she's thinking for herself so from like a self-determination theory perspective it's autonomy she owns it which means the learning is going to stick far better than if i told her what to do so data i'm helping them see a story that ultimately they come up with the answer in my opinion Um,
0: i love i love that brian i love that and you know what i could talk to you for hours but i can't (laughs) um how can people get in contact with you how can they I mean, you're fascinating. I mean, seriously, Thank I could you. talk to you for hours. Um, how can my listeners get in contact with you? How can they find out more about this incredible Track160 technology? And, sure. um, yeah, give give us your information.
1: Sure. So uh, email is just brian.a at track160.com. Our website is track160.com. Uh, again, we're not for everybody, but I'm happy to discuss and have conversations like this all day. So anyone who wants to reach out to me directly, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, a heavy user of LinkedIn. I love networking and just seeing what other people are doing in the soccer world. And outside of that, uh, I'm open to a random phone call. So if you want to share my number, I'll, I'll share it with you and you can kind of paste it with, uh, include it with the, the, the summary of this uh, conversation. That'd be great.
0: Brian Alcantara thank you so much for joining The Bear and the Bull we will be back next week and as always you can find all the information on Calsouth.com. you can find us on Instagram and Facebook I'm Nick Webster and we'll see you on the pitch real soon
1: thank you Nick